This week's episode of Lawyer Up is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash lawyerup. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Rick Foster, how you been doing? I am doing fantastic, but it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about our two... It's about Gene. It's it's not about Gene. It's not about Jimmy? It's not about Jimmy. Well, it is, but but it's about our two guests that are here. Uh, first off, uh, we have with me to the left uh, is my very special girlfriend, uh, Sharon, who's been on a couple times. Welcome back, Sharon. And the other special guest, who it is about as well, is producer extraordinaire, man who has two hands on his face. We have Bryce at Neshcom on the Twitters. How's it going, Bryce? Nope. Also not. It's at Bryce has on Twitter, but. Oh my goodness! I am. Every, no, that's cool. Every it's no 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 it's I I've been on a lot of podcasts and it's always it's it's poor branding on my part. Yeah. <laughs> It is because I screw it up all the time. I do. Um, but it's no, it's great. I'm I'm happy to be here. I love Better Call Saul, and I love you guys, and uh, uh, I'm happy to uh, talk about Jimmy and and uh, and Mike and everybody. And, you know, I I wanted to get you on because um you know you produce uh, Court Killers, which I kind of do some booking for, and you you mentioned some things during the. Spoiling time uh, when they talked about Better Call Saul, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get him on our show," because I knew that you were. Uh, this is obviously a show that you've been paying attention to. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's when when when, the, when the, it, there's a funny relationship between me and Spoiler in Time because I'm not, you know, I don't have to participate in it, and so uh, if they're you talking still about hear it though. I you still can't... have. I still hear it. So like when Star Wars came out, I had to wait like. Oh uh, God month until I could go see it um and so with Better Call Saul I I loved Breaking Bad and um uh and so so it, and it's easy to to keep up with because it's on Mondays and so they're always kind of a week behind but uh I'm excited to talk about Better Call Saul season season two uh in particular now what oh before we kind of move on to our you know, our second episode discussion what yeah. do you think about uh season one as a whole, there's a. I think what season one does a really good job of is establishing kind of everybody's question about uh, about uh, Saul Jimmy is how does a lawyer become this kind of lawyer, um, and the answer is he grows up as a as a con artist and uh, tries to make it in law and is. Uh, sort of snubbed and then finds a way to be successful because that is what um, uh, successful people do is that they find ways to be successful when they are faced with challenges. Uh, and 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 by also incorporating uh, Mike and and uh, Nacho and was was Tuco in in season one I think yes uh, by, by by helping establish that network because in Breaking Bad Saul is intrinsically tied to this network of 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 gangsters and and uh, street mercenaries, 
Um, the, uh, season one did a fantastic job of like laying the groundwork of establishing how all that kind of came to be. So you believe that it still fits in the universe and everything like that, correct? No. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't think that it is. It's it's a big. It's a big task to take Breaking Bad and and have to suddenly create all of these these real concrete facts about about these these secondary characters and to do it in such an interesting way and such um, a not cheesy way. It could. I, I um. It's it's not like. Uh, it's not like the new Star Wars movie where it's just kind of like someone walks in and you're expected to just like hold for applause. Like the 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 it's still the same type of storytelling which is masterful, and it's still the same types of stories which are re- partially on some level relatable and interesting. Just it's plain interesting, and and so I I don't think that there's any sort of uh, mish- mishmash or any sort of jagged union of the two. Well, that's great to hear. Sharon, uh... yeah, the first episode of season two, I I really liked. It was almost like reminding me of how much I I had missed it. <laughs> um, so good, everything um, with the storyline with Jimmy and Kim and Mike and Nacho. I mean, I was like falling in love with the show all over again. It was great. And Bryce, how about you? I actually the the opener I thought was maybe a little. I almost felt like it was spinning its wheels a little bit. You have Jimmy who has kind of decided, hey. Screw being like a super legitimate lawyer. Um, I'm gonna go live out my fantasy of being a con man. And he ends that episode sort of back where he started. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe a little more law flexible than he was before. It was kind of a, it was a look into Jimmy as like someone who would react. It, you know what it really did. It, uh, what's what's the name of of the girl he he really likes? Kim. I, uh, Kim. I think that episode does a good job of saying that that relationship is important to him. And I think we saw a lot of that in this episode as well. Of uh, If you compare it to Breaking Bad, which I think is uh, a, a big takeaway in episode two, is like, how long was it before um, Walter ever told Skyler about the drug game? And And here we are, you know... Episode one, he's letting her. She she already kind of knows he's kind of got a sketchy past, and she is so important to him, whether or not that's a weakness or not for his character, that he wants to. He feels comfortable sharing it with her and finding out, you know, her her reaction. Obviously, at the end of the episode, uh, isn't it, isn't it kind of interesting that he has moved from, or he 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 definitely needs some recognition. He needs someone to accept him whether it be Chuck or Kim. And everything so far has been kind of guided by wanting Chuck's approval and now Kim's. And there's kind of a little bit of a balance between that. And I think that it, that explains quite a lot about his decision to either stay as Slipping Jimmy or take that on and become an attorney that's mm-hmm. legitimate as Jimmy McGill or to move into Slipping Jimmy as an attorney or Saul Goodman. And about sort of that need of acceptance, right? We even get that scene with with Ed Bailey Jr.'s character, where Saul is he he's he's he he's got this little thing, and 
he still wants approval for that and he's already sort of beat the very low watermark of like of of his brother thinking that he shouldn't be a lawyer at all to kind of like yeah this is what lawyers do they do lawyer things uh did you want a medal for that and <laughs> i i think we might be seeing a little bit of a disillusion jimmy of how much recognition how much at what point is are you getting recognition that you have had a deficit of and then how much of it is like do you need to to sort of be over recognized uh and uh, i i think that's something that we'll see in the future um i hope that answered your question yeah yeah no that was great no i i, I think i was just kind of adding into what you were going at sharon what do you think about jimmy so far you know obviously he's making a big switch here which was our, our last episode but uh are the transitions here is this transition clear to you or because I, th- I think that that's kind of a, like a big thing with most of the fans is that we want to know when is the time that he becomes Saul Goodman. Yeah, it's so interesting to see him going back and forth, like we mentioned, from legitimate to kind of shady. And every time I see him in that big office with the big desk and, you know, the, the Coco Bolo. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems not to fit him so much and he's so in his element when he's doing the cons and he's scamming people and so excited and into it I just it's hard to imagine that that he or Kim can see him being a legitimate lawyer like especially at the place he's currently at for very long now is that because you you know him as Saul Goodman uh, where he kind of no. does whatever, or is it just the look on his face of like, you know, this uh, this is great and all, but I'm just not that happy. No, it's it's not because of knowing. I think yeah, it's it's obvious where he feels comfortable. Just you know. And even when uh, he got the job from Mike to kind of clear up Mr. Baseball cards, he didn't argue anything. You know, of like, well, you know, gee, I have this new job. He, he kind of just it was stuff like cut for time. He just kind of was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know. No, oh, well, that was clear. That was clearly to do with his brother showing up, right? I think so as well. The big thing that I saw is, uh, is, uh, geez, uh, Chuck just uh, coming in out of nowhere, and, and a lot of that has to do with the open of uh, when Hamlin came and was kind of given the update about Jimmy, of like, you know, hey, you know, I didn't vouch for him, but he's doing great. They wanted him because he's a familiar face, but he's doing great. And then and that look on uh on Chuck's face of just, like, he's succeeding when I really didn't want him to. Uh, mm-hmm. Got him, got himself in gear to, to go to the office. And even when Jimmy was giving updates, uh, he kind of uh, stuttered and, you know, got thrown off his game when Chuck came in. But then he kind of quickly composed himself and put stuff aside. At the very open of the entire show, Chuck is playing the piano and he's playing a score of a, of a song. And it's called Sicilene or or I think it is, or whatever. I'm, I'm butchering that. When I watched the show, I was actually doing the second screen through AMC, which is terrible when you're trying to live stream it through your, you know, the, the website. Uh, but it, it showed up, and it, it, that, that song is apparently um, a song that was written for a play that had to do with a man whose wife left him for his brother. And 
then I, that didn't really put two and two together for me until I watched in my second viewing. And I noticed he was rubbing his fingers across the name of the the woman on the um, the, the music sheet, mm-hmm. Rebecca Bios, I believe. And he, so I, I'm kind of thinking maybe there's even more story behind, there's got to be some more reason why Chuck really does not like his brother. He loves his brother and he hates his brother at the same time. And I'm wondering if we're going to get a little bit of more story about something there. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I thought that um, the the whole thing about Chuck, Chuck, Chuck really wants to see Jimmy fail. And I think that that's why they were there in the, you know, why he showed up. He made sure to be there when Jimmy was going to be there at that Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill meeting. And I, I think he just really wants to see Jimmy fail as an attorney because I think he's that's another I feel like I could understand that that, that that's another thing that he's going to take away from him and and that creates this that creates the big conflict a big conflict at the very end of the episode where when the brother comes to the meeting you know Jimmy is taken aback by it and and it's kind of knowing that Kim is there next to him that he's able to power through the rest of that meeting footsies and all yeah but once we find out her feelings about fabricating evidence or the sort of you know less than legal things that 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 jimmy is 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 really fond of he's he's gonna have to decide sooner or later whether he wants to be slipping jimmy having a good time or if he wants to be a real lawyer who has a, a, a girlfriend and and it would be interesting to see someone make them i don't know if it would be a mistake but try to become sort of the middle the the, the compromise between those two that he ends up in breaking bad as Saul Goodman and and you know what it's uh out of this whole entire universe uh, something that uh, i believe is that Jimmy and Kim's relationship is is really strong and you can kind of it it almost seems like they have been you know, colleagues forever and, you know, on and off forever. And, and that's something uh, you really didn't get uh, in Breaking Bad besides maybe um, uh, Aaron Paul and uh, Kristen Ritter when they when they played Jesse and Jane. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, their connection and, you know, ability to seem like they, they belong together. Uh, I, I don't... It, it's really weird. Uh, I, I really believe that... Uh, Jimmy and by when this is all wrapped up, uh, people will be talking more about Jimmy and Kim uh, and their you know uprise to coupleism to you know the the downfall of you know. Uh, There's got to be a downfall. It, exactly. Well, it, and yeah, it couldn't. Maybe it's not a downfall. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we don't see her in Breaking Bad. Something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, something goes wrong, or you know, somebody makes a different decision to go somewhere else. I, I think people will be talking about that relationship over the the transformation to to uh, Saul Goodman uh, from Jimmy to Saul. Mm-hmm. In, in my personal opinion, just because their bond. Is, I mean, we talked about it all last season of you know how great these two are, and we hoped that they wouldn't do the will they won't they tension for. For the second season, I mean, they in in season one, they they literally uh, they hit the ground running with uh, putting them together, and it and it was still kind of open ended on whether or not it was uh, a 
couple or you know relationship, but it seems like they are a full-on couple, and this isn't a one-night stand. I'm getting away from my job. Is the sort of trope of will they, won't they? How does how does that compare to sort of where they are now? Because I think I think even if you didn't know about Breaking Bad, um, and even if you didn't see sort of the the um, after Breaking Bad moments from the beginning of the episodes, like they're a doomed couple. Like the and this episode makes it very clear that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kim is in no terms going to be is going to touch him with a ten foot pole if he is doing anything that could harm her professional life. Um, uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see them eventually crumble, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think for as much as I, w- I wouldn't want to have had a will-they-won't-they they about getting together, I, I don't want to be kept waiting too long for them to crumble, if that but- makes sense. That actually was one of my uh, top three when we pick a normal top three was that that scene between him and uh, Jim and uh, Jimmy and Kim where she says, you know, whoa, wait a second. Now you fabricated evidence, Um, you know, because the other part where he created the whole cobbler story. And I think we should talk about that after we do our ad, uh, but because that's a whole nother story, which is great. Um, But I think that that um, that point you know, uh, the breaking point for her was that he actually violated the law, and 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 she said something to him like, "Well, you can I I can never see or hear about this again," and he says, "You won't." So he's not saying that I'm not going to do it again, and she's accepting of that that he can still do it as long as she doesn't hear about it as an attorney. She doesn't want anything. She doesn't want anything to come up that will get her disbarred. So and that is. Dangerously, that that is in the direction of being dangerously dangerously close to Skylar's Skylar's position in Breaking Bad of the unknowing wife, which maybe wasn't a great role for for Skylar of just being the person who doesn't know anything and is mad that they don't know anything. Excellent point. I see. I see uh, Sharon there. You did you have something to? Yeah, I agree. That's really interesting, but. Yeah, it just seems like not just her own professional life, it seems like she really holds being a lawyer in really high esteem to the point that, you know, we've taken these oaths and all this stuff, and if you're acting in capacity as a lawyer, you know there are things you don't do, and, you know, when we were out the other night, that was different, we were not representing ourselves as lawyers. So, yeah, she's drawn a clear line in the sand, and I, I honestly don't think it's for her own job's sake. I think it's also for the respect of the position. Well, yeah, they make it clear. I mean, Hamlin makes it clear to uh, Chuck that uh, Kim uh, is the one that pushed Jimmy to, to get that law job, and they made it. And Hamlin made it clear that Kim is in the running for being a partner. So it and it's even made clear in, in the first season that like she is. Uh, gunning for for being a partner and yeah it's yes I believe this is one of these couples that you know uh, if work comes first they'll pick work over the relationship but I I believe what's gonna end up happening is that there's there's gonna be that choice and she's not it's not gonna be like well gee got got the job so uh, peace out I think it's gonna be uh, a little bit more difficult uh, 
for her to make that choice instead of just being like, well, I love my job and I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was talking about buying a house with Jimmy. So I think, I think we when they get, get to that clash, yeah, she's she's gonna try and make it work, and we're gonna we're gonna have to sort of see what repercussions come of that. Well, I can't wait to talk about the cobbler, but first, I think that uh, we should we should jump into our sponsor very quickly, and our sponsor this week is Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash lawyerup and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's really that easy. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash lawyerup. And Rick, you have a, a recommendation. And I'm not only saying that because it's the title of the book, but I do have a recommendation. It is a Yes, My Improbable Journey to the Main Event of WrestleMania. It's about wrestler named Daniel Bryan, who uh, recently uh, uh, retired from uh, concussion injuries uh, from the wrestling ring. And it's a, a wonderful journey about how uh, he wrestled in the independence for many, many years before getting to the big leagues of the WWE. And uh, uh, fans uh, absolutely connected with them, just kind of how I, I connect with uh, Jimmy... Uh, uh, experiencing uh, cobblers. Uh, <laughs> it, he's uh, an absolute joy, biggest beard you'll ever see. And uh, I actually have the book here. And uh, what Audible really, uh, they are associated with Amazon because, you know, Amazon owns them. But you can also, what's uh, kind of uh, almost a secret, almost like a secret menu item. If you have the Kindle version and if you have the Audible uh, book, you can whisper sync both of them, to the point where you can have the audiobook playing and the pages will automatically turn. So you are literally doing zero work. You're not getting hurt from paper cuts or anything like that. And it's it's an absolute joy uh, of whisper sync and Kindle uh, non-paper cutism. Uh, Audible.com is solving paper cuts. Uh, are the absolute worst thing you can get, uh, especially under your fingernail. And uh, you can get a free credit uh, just on Audible. Like I said, like Jackie said, go to audibletrial.com slash lawyer. So let's just uh, move right on back into the show. And so we didn't really do our top favorites. So let's, we should really start with our guests. Uh, Bryce, is there any particular part of the show that stands out the most to you? I really, I, I, I really, really like, the ending of the, uh, or just the, the whole wrapping up of the arc with um, uh, uh, Dan and Mike. Um, that was such a weird little, uh, a, a weird little arc happening with this guy who's got prescription drugs, and his 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 bodyguard, and seeing this meek sort of guy become, you know. This like yeah. dolled up like wannabe hotshot, um, <laughs> and then get immediately put in his place. Like no hesitation. Uh, uh, did Nacho just like yeah, you're done. I'm I've got your number. <laughs> um, and and so to see um, Mike 
uh, find a resolution with within that where he can save his own face and put put Dan in his place uh, was great, um, and it, it 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 didn't result in a lot of bloodshed. He he what this is Mike doing what he does really well, which is being smart about being illegal mm-hmm. and being very politic. Mm-hmm. And and instead of, you know, like his whole thing with Nacho is like, I'm not here to threaten you or your family, but uh, Tuco will come and threaten your family. Mm-hmm. And we, you can have that conversation or you can make some MF and money. Yeah, and, and that's and that's one of the, uh, I personally th- is, think is a highlight of this episode is that we uh, get a little bit uh, more info about Nacho and his kind of uh, backstory. Uh, and even it's uh, it's clear that, yes, he, he works for Tuco, and yes, he's almost like Tuco's uh, advocate, uh, you know, manager type type thing to cool him down when uh, he gets Tuco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and for him to do his own side business, and he works at a, an upholstery factory, correct? Yeah. To, to just, you know, continue to, to lay low, it's kind of interesting uh, and something that uh sharon uh sharon knows uh spanish so for her to uh, to see her experience the the episode uh of uh, mike talking to uh his dad correct yeah is mm-hmm. it confirmed that it's his dad yeah uh it, it's very entertaining and how yeah like like bryce said it's it's I don't really care about your family because it it's about Tuco that that you're scared about you know it's in when Nacho was first introduced and he was kind of uh, uh almost put to the side in in the first season you know um it, it was kind of uh, gonna be interesting of how he was incorporated this season but I think it's a fantastic uh kind of you know yes he's still a big big deal even though he's you know just we put him to the side in, in the first season oh this brings me to the thing that I want to conclude our show with but I, I will wait until the end uh, but my, my my question would be to all of you uh, who is from Better Call Saul I mean from Breaking Bad will we see the season uh, and I think it kind of I, I, I feel like it's going to play into this story but um, but yeah c- continue on um well, with with that question, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll answer. I think I think we're getting uh, probably a little bit bigger Tuco arc uh, than than uh, I'm gonna stop right there. I think I think we're gonna get more of a Tuco arc because even in Breaking Bad, you really didn't have that big of an arc to begin with. It, it was uh, you know he was introduced in the mm-hmm. first season and mm-hmm. it was uh, you know one two and then he was gone pretty much. So I think we're going to get a little bit more of uh, Tuco this season. Well, everything that um, you guys just brought up was was great. I loved, as a teacher, I really loved seeing Nacho in a completely different environment with his dad and, yes, sir, be right there, and, you know, just, like, such a good son. And, <laughs> and I loved that storyline with Mike, the way that he is able to resolve things so well and... Basically, he's dealing with cleaning up a mess that he tried to prevent in the very beginning. And, you know, there's none of that, I called it or I told you this was going to happen or, you know, sit in your own mess. He, you know, 
realizes that it's in his best interest to solve it, and he just solves it the best way he could. Um, Mike is such a pro. Yeah. Yeah, I get just so excited every time Mike's on. <laughs> well, I do, too. I just, you know. I kind of had that in my notes that, like, that's one thing I love about the show is I don't care which character's on. Like, I'm happy. I'm equally happy. You know, because with some shows, you kind of think, oh, now we got to watch this story. Uh, you know, but, like, I, between Mike and, and, and Jimmy uh, or Saul, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it's all the same to me. I'm just so excited for all of it. Um, well, and what I liked about Mike uh, kind of discovering Nacho's uh, place is that they didn't uh, cut around to the bullshit of uh, him, you know, doing research and, you know, uh, going in the phone book, tailing people. It, it was just yeah. like, it was just like, hey, I'm here, you know. Oh, oh yeah, there's Nacho too. It, it it makes it it makes Mike kind of a you know a more of a pro to be like, yeah, I did all this research. I know where you like. Do you think I, you know, wouldn't know where you worked and where you lived and things like that? It was just right, jumped right to it. Yeah, it was so great when Nacho said, "How'd you find me?" And he's, "How could I not have found you? I'm a." You know, so badass. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we uh, get, uh, you know, Sharon, I want to, I definitely want to get your pick. Uh, Bryce, did we wrap up the cobbler thing for you, or you know, just? No, not at all. We haven't even begun to cobbler. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, you know, giving the courtesy to you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we'll get to that. In my yeah, we're good. Okay, uh, Sharon, did you want to add in your top uh, pick then? I mean. I, I can't even pick one, honestly. Okay, all right, all right. So let's talk about the cobbler. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> well, for who start, wants to go first? <laughs> let's let's break it down. Uh, who wants to be the crybaby? <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, oh, <laughs> that would that would be me. I would. I'll, I'll hold my hand up. I'll be the crybaby. <laughs> No, but uh, God, you know, one my favorite thing was that the just the 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 level of calm and natural uh, go that that Jimmy had with those detectives, where he presented the story to those detectives and kind of made the detectives feel foolish for not knowing what a squat cobbler was. You know, and like they had to ask him. They're like, wait, what? 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 What is this? And, like, his whole approach to it I thought was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy was in pretty much top form <laughs> in that conversation with with the police. Um, I think it, 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 it was a weird – I think it was a weird decision and almost a little vindictive to um, – Dan? Sort of, to Dan, yeah, to um, – Mm-hmm. let the conversation not only get that far, but also to make him film this tape, which it sounds like from the conversation afterward that they did show or did present to the police. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, Insider Podcast, uh, there is a video. They mm-hmm. actually, uh, the, the, the guy who's a comedian uh, who plays the character Dan, they have shot a video. It's not available on the internet yet. Sure. But it will be up at some point, and we will see a, uh, a, a, a squat cobbler from him very soon while he's crying. Well, what was last year's uh, 
a sick the thing. Chicago. It was the Chicago sunroof. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, oh, and that was apparently a Bob Odenkirk thing. Well, anyways, listen to the inside podcaster. Like, Bob Odenkirk explains that. Like, he went up to Vince Gilligan and said, we need a name for this. We had one for the Chicago sunroof. We should have one for the cobbler. But uh, I'm sorry, Bryce. I didn't mean to stop you. Um, uh, so, you know, as part of Jimmy sort of being a little bit more of a trickster, he it, it feels vindictive that he would... Um, he would concoct, or he would be part of, or concoct an element of a plan that would put his client through that instead of, you know, doing what he would have done in any other situation, which is said, you know, prove there was something illegal in there, pigs. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's Jimmy testing the waters of of maybe not being the best legal counsel, and that, uh is interesting because, like I mentioned earlier, it's inching us closer to him having to make this decision of, of does he want of what type of lawyer does he want to be known for? Now, when when it comes to uh, what kind of lawyer does he want to be, do you think it'll uh, come to a almost a, a fork on the road decision uh, as far as the Sandpiper case is concerned? Uh, do you think mm. the the whole, you know, I fabricated evidence stuff. And they were even talking about it in the meeting of, you know, oh, these old, you know, these old people, the great thing about them is that they're pack rats. Yeah. And so he kind of expects uh, all this info to be there. Do you think uh, it'll get to a point of him being like, shit, you know, it turns out they're not pack rats and I just need this one form. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you and, know. and I imagine that Sandpiper, which, you know, last season when they found out about the suit immediately started shredding evidence. Um, I think they are shrewd that Sandpiper is shrewd enough to strong arm these old people into whatever, destroying their documents or having some sort of document shredding day or whatever it is. Um, and I, I think there, there will definitely be a fork in the road in that regards. And I think Kim is a secondary element in all of that. Bryce, excellent point. I, I think that because exic- exactly what you're pointing out, that Sandpiper is is cutting, it, it, they're they're slipping Sandpiper. Um, they they are they're cutting, they're they're circumventing the law. And I think that in this case, this will be the only case that we ever see Jimmy not break the law. Or you know, I I don't think that because he doesn't need to. Because his client or the the, the defense is um, obviously breaking the law left and right, so he doesn't have to. It's when he's defending these uh, you know these drug dealers or other people uh, that are outside of you know the mm. um, the world that 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 he has to defend them. That he's going to do that for that. Oh, so I would have thought about that until you brought that up, Bryce. And, and and that's interesting because that sort of brings in how Jimmy was justifying his actions with the cops at the end of this episode. It's like, well, I wasn't, you know, I, I I wasn't Jimmy the lawyer working for Ed Begley Jr. and Associates. It it's I'm just a bo a pro bono guy who was walking him off the street. And and mm-hmm. I think it's I think that is just a rationalization for Jimmy. Um, and I think anybody off the off, on the street, let alone his colleagues, are gonna uh, could easily realize, hey, dude, like you can't play both sides of the fence here. You are a counselor of the law. Mm. 
And that's the other thing. Do you think Jimmy actually accepted payment for this, or do you think he did it uh, because pro bono? Because Mike, yeah, did it pro bono because Mike, uh, you know, mm-hmm. made it clear like mm-hmm. he made it clear to Mike that like uh, he was never gonna let you know uh, that 1.6 million dollar payday uh, out of his sight again, uh, just like in you know in the first in the first season. And I really believe that uh, he did it for free, uh, almost as a you scratch my back, I scratch your back, because eventually I believe that there's going to be something in the Sandpiper stuff that it's one thing is missing. And mm-hmm. he's going to need the, the, the outside help uh, that the law can't bring uh, because he wants that money. Uh, yeah. And I don't think it's a greed thing. I think it's just a, you know, a, it's not greed. I, I'm trying to think of it's like getting what I deserve. Getting yeah, getting what you deserve, or you know, mm-hmm. yes, uh, to to get what you deserve. And sometimes yeah, you have to take monstrous risks. Well, and it's it's the validation that that he he didn't he wasn't getting from Chuck, um, and I think will find that he's not getting from the salary at, at uh, I'm never going to remember his name, at uh, the current law firm. Dave, yeah, Davis and Maine. But yeah, I I, think he feels good being somebody's go-to guy, somebody someone can depend on, and hmm. that he's definitely going to pull through. He was doing exactly what he thought Mike wanted. Saddest part for me was uh, the loss of the esteem. The car that Jimmy had, He's got a new Mercedes. But, Rick, you had uh, one thing here about the baseball cards. Do you want to do that, and then we'll wrap up? Yes. Uh, I, I just wanted to say uh, just the uh, Daniel's character of uh, just being uh, the the weird guy that is so connected to, to something uh, so small. Uh, I think Zim Zam Yo-Yo Man. Yeah, I mean, the yo-yo man, uh, you know, outside of uh, Better Call Saul. I'm sorry, go ahead. I can't, I can't stop saying Zim Zam yo-yo man, but he, go ahead. It, he's just an average guy, and he, Mike made it clear to Nacho when, you know, they were making the deal of, like, yeah, you you got a guy that is connected to baseball cards because his father gave it to him, not because that they're – worth a lot of money, it was because his father gave it to him. And uh, that's something that probably happens more often than not of like, you know, oh, I don't care about the money value of it. I care about it because, you know, somebody person personal uh, gave it to me. Yeah, and, I, I when, when he was telling that to the investigators, I almost... I, I maybe I was being cynical, but I I kind of read that as a bad lie from Dan. I kind of thought him saying, "Well, my father gave me some of those cards." Like, dude, you just had a lot of old cards, and I, I, I you know, maybe it's true. Maybe maybe his parent, his father did give him some of them, but like, he had a lot of damn cards there at the end, and and the ones. The ones that he cared about when he was looking through all of them were all of the big name ones. Correct. Of course, and he knew exactly where they were, and he acted like they were people. He's like, "It's okay, they're all okay." Yeah, <laughs> everybody's here is what he said. Everybody's here. here. Yep. Oh. Yeah, it, it's just uh, to me, I I saw it as you know his some of his dad you know his dad gave him some of those cards. 
it was I don't think it was made clear that he gave them like Jeter or things like that. But I mean, I assume, that's possible. I assume that it was based off of like he's the one that got him out of it, and then he kind of built it from there uh, as hmm. far as you know sentimental value. Like he probably gave him you know the 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 crappy you know a beanbag guy that always got hit by uh you know foul balls and stuff like that and, you know uh but he grew it because of his father's uh, love for it and he gave it on the AMC second screen that they ran during the show, uh, a question came up and they said, do you think that uh, Mike gave in and decided to help Dan because of, one, the fact that he said that those cards belonged to his father, or two, he realized that um, Dan would never give up and he had to step in and get Jimmy involved, basically. Um, and everybody said that he realized that that Dan would not give up on these cards. And I, I, I believe that. I believe that about um, Mike. Uh, because I think they were kind of playing on the, the thing about him losing his son and that, that maybe people might think that, uh, well, because he lost his son, he would understand the importance yeah. of these cards. But that had nothing to do with it. I think because no, of and, that, I, yeah. go ahead. Well, and Mike was joking about it with Nacho. Like, you know, Nacho said he's <laughs> yes. not stupid enough to go to the police and tell them anything. And Mike says, no, he definitely is stupid enough to do it. And he's going to take all of us down. Uh, it's totally a pol- – it's, it's Mark being a very shrewd, very smart, um, uh, uh, you know, bad uh, – not bad guy, but uh, wh- whatever we want to call his occupation. He's He's incredibly – He's smart. Logical and, and cognitive of all of that. So any other final thoughts on the show by anybody? Just jump pipe right in. I think it's one of uh, a fantastic uh, episode that to kind of gear up of what we're, we're going to be going into in the season. Uh, it's clear that there's going to be a, another side story, uh, you know, that, that kind of propels the season because last year it was, it was split between the Kettleman's and the Sandpiper stuff. And uh, I personally thought this baseball card scenario was going to go a little bit longer, but I think we're finally, I think uh, we're going to get propelled into the main arc of, you know, between Chuck and and Jimmy and Kim and and the law firms and things like that. Um, Okay. Very quickly. I, I'm going to skip the feedback because we really didn't have, much. Uh, we had some other people respond, but I really wanted to get everybody to give their your your guess on who is it from Breaking Bad that we're going to see this season, because it's been made very clear that we're going to see someone from Breaking Bad. I kind of think it might be Gus. I think we might see the, um, you know, Gus from the, what, what is the chicken place called again? Los Pollos Hermanos. Yes, thank yeah. you. We're gonna. I th- I think we're gonna see him because he ties into Tuco, so I think we'll see a little bit of more Tuco, and I think we might get the 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 Gus interaction. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna at least touch on the edge of Gus if we don't explains see why. him. Uh, or no, I I well I I was I was thinking Gus when when you had asked the question earlier, and and I think it's it's it would be. 
it would be a uh, it, it it would make sense to see a little bit of Gus and his influence um, as 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 a as a burgeoning uh, drug kingpin mm. uh, at least start to emerge a little bit in the season. Yeah, at first I was thinking it could be anyone, but yeah, I, I do like the Gus idea. Definitely someone that would be in the the realm with Nacho and Tupo and Mike. So I think Gus would be a good one. I don't know. I was kind of thinking maybe it could be Hank, but yeah. Oh, God, Hank would be perfect. Oh, yeah. Really? Huh. Why, why, why would you think uh, Hank uh, as far as coming in? He's the cop. Well, yes. Right, just because there's so much illegal activity going on and, you know, there might be a lot more backstory to how much the cops have known about this, these people. But I was going to say, but the thing is, is that there there really hasn't been an introduction to meth in the show. I mean, there's been, you know, the, the prescription medication and things like that, but he was a DEA agent. So in, with, but it doesn't mean that that's not around. And, and that's true. And, and as soon as you bring in Tuco, you know you're going to get meth. And, and that's true. And we could, and I, I remember we nailed the timeline uh, last season. Uh, so, but I completely forgot of mm-hmm. you know where where we're at in time. Um, but it's possible that we get him as a as a on the street cop or a detective sure. uh, a scenario. Instead of a DEA agent, because I I believe he he worked his way into that department. I, mm-hmm. I would assume so too. I mean, I, I don't know how the correction. Oh, although I did hear a interview from uh, Dean Norris who played Hank, and he said he said that he would not participate in it. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. You know, I mean, that could change. Everything could well, change. You, Aaron Paul you, said I mean, that he was all in, and then he said, "I can't do it." But that was yeah. like two years ago. So, and and you know, having having Hank as opposed to say Hank's partner, um, put such a direct tie to um to uh, uh um Walt that uh, it. It, it it would be a weird sell to be like, oh man, what a near miss of these two stories. Like, oh true. Like I actually think it makes sense if the most we see of Hank is him, maybe in the background of one scene, maybe. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can reach us at Lawyer Up Podcast on Twitter. Um, our website is lawyeruppodcast.com. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, if you will. We want to know is, uh, you know, what what do they call the uh, the, the the squat cobbler in your neck of the woods? So, so tweet us uh, at what they call a squat cobbler, you know, in the Midwest or you know, in in Estonia where uh, mm-hmm. uh, some people live. And just uh, we we're curious. Uh, maybe not we're, but I am. Uh, so so tweet tweet us out uh, at you know lawyer up podcast or, or shoot us an email at uh, what's our voicemail at gmail.com or better yet we also have a phone number where you can leave your story of how you left a squat cobbler uh, out in the middle of the street at 505-750-1760. and before we go uh, Bryce uh, where can we find 
some of your lovely work uh, on the internet. Everywhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so I, I, I do touch a lot of podcasts that some of your listeners probably know. Um, if you want to find out more about that or me, uh, you can go to neshcom.com, N-E-S-H-C-O-M dot C-O-M, uh, or find me on Twitter at Brycas, B-R-Y-C-A-S, or uh, I've been trying to do a lot of, like, streaming on Twitch lately. Yeah, you um, have. It's yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, and that's Brycas as well, uh, B-R-Y-C-A-S. And and I've always got a lot going on, so I'm sure just uh, hit 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 some buttons. <laughs> That's that's how you do it. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Sharon, where can we find you? Oh, I know where we can find you. We can find you here next week. And before we go, we do want to give special thanks to uh, at Zebgons and at Johnny Feisty. Uh, they they provided the lovely song you're hearing right now as we're wrapping up and our cover art for our, our podcast as well. So, Jackie, uh, as we're heading off... Uh, you just need to uh, lawyer up. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>